We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined by Kyle Porter. Kyle, we've been busy this summer. It's good to be back with you. I know we haven't we we haven't done one in like a month. Uh, I guess it hasn't been quite a month, but like three weeks. We've only done a handful over the summer. Um, yeah, it is it it is good. It, it's almost football season. We are still looking for a sponsor, by the way, Carson. Um, we've got Chris's. Chris has been great, but uh, we're looking for one other for football season. So, if anybody out there that listens is uh, interested in sponsoring, you can you can contact us, pistolsfiringblog at gmail dot com, and uh, we'll we'll get you hooked up. Yeah, we'll be cranking out many more podcasts now that football season's here. We didn't really miss a whole lot, to be honest. I mean, it was the dead period, and I know you've been you've been busy with golf, but we do have a lot to discuss now that fall camp's begun. I guess let's let's start with quarterbacks. Um, what's your take on how everything's gone so far? They're, they're, they're trumpeting and I'm sure Spencer and, and Drew Brown are friends. I, I buy that. Mm-hmm. Don't you think, don't you think they're pushing that narrative like a little too hard? Like, I mean, they're, I know they're competing and they're, they're friends and that's great, but like, I don't know. It just, it seems like they're going overkill with it a little bit. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point that I didn't think of. I, I think, I have a problem with so I've got a couple of quotes here from Gundy from the uh, the Fan Appreciation Day, where he had his kind of State of the Union like opening presser. Can I read these to you? Yeah. Okay. So he says he says we have to play the best player. Okay. There's so many ways to look at this. There's so many different opinions on this, and I'm not saying that most of them are probably. I'm not saying that most of them probably aren't correct, but for me and Sean Gleason. We have to play the guy we think gives us the best chance to score points and win the first game, whoever that may be, not necessarily worry about the future. So that's in reference to like if you if you have two guys that are equal, you play the younger guy. Right. That, that, that's a re- that's a that's an answer to that question. But then in a separate quote, Carson, he says he, I'll read this as a, as a different quote. We might not make a decision. We might play two. If you were at practice today, you'd say play two. They were both pretty good. I know people say sometimes, well, if you can't name one, you don't have any. I don't see that as the situation here. So I'm being told, like the logic of it just doesn't, it doesn't add up. We have to play the best player in one quote, and then we might play two in the other. So if you don't have a best player, then you got to fall back on something else, right? Like if they are equivalent which is what he's saying he's saying they're the same i i I don't i don't understand not playing the 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 younger guy i does that make any sense to you no it doesn't make sense but again i go back to media day and just talking to gleason and then hearing gundy gundy even explicitly kyle came out and said you know i I know that People say if they're even, you play the younger guy. I don't necessarily believe that. So he came out and like just dispelled that that take just verbatim. But but, and just, but he I, like what he's saying doesn't make if 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 uh, Drew Brown's better, great play him. Like using your logic, not your logic, Gundy's logic. Gundy using his logic. If Drew Brown's better, play him. But he's saying he's literally saying that he's not better. That they're the same. Right. right? And yeah. so, like, so I, it doesn't like what he's saying does not add up if you look at both sides of that. Well, I mean, I I would disagree with Gundy too in that 
if they're even, I'm playing Spencer Sanders. I mean, he's the future. It, it goes back to the conversation we had about Cornelius last year, Kyle, that, you know, you're basically playing out this one year and not developing the guy, the younger guys by, by playing Cornelius the entire season. And so, again, I, I go back to Gundy at Media Day, the conversation I had with Sean Gleason in the interview, and then what Gundy said. I don't think they're unbelievable PR strategists to where they would just say things for a narrative. They right. keep saying that every single time Spencer comes up to, to a man, to a quote, they, they keep saying the same things. And it's, well, he's still getting used to college football. He's still young. He's still learning. And they just keep hammering that home to where clearly that's what's happening in practice so far is that Spencer is probably the more talented guy, but maybe he doesn't quite get it yet. And again, Gundy unprovoked compared Drew Brown to Alex Kate. And I think there is something to Gundy likes to reward guys who have been in the program a while and that have learned the system. Now, you could argue that Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders have been there the exact same amount of time, and I would I would agree with you. But... I don't know. Just the more I hear Gundy and the more I hear Gleason, it, it sure sounds like the door's open for Drew Brown to start game one. And I well, think, that, and that's fine, but just, like you better like admit or set, you know, not admit, this is not a demand, but like, just say he's the better guy. Great. Okay. I don't agree with your logic, but at least it makes sense. But the way he's presenting it right now, and maybe he just doesn't want to say Drew Brown's better. The way he's presenting it right now makes, makes zero sense. It doesn't add up at all. Well, and I, I think people tend to say, well, you got to play it this way because of the transfer portal. You don't want one of those guys to transfer. Okay. It's under, it's my understanding that Drew Brown can't transfer, right? Well, and Spencer Sanders, like, it, what's the difference? Between, I mean, if you're going to transfer, you're going to transfer. It doesn't matter if you do it in August or September or whatever. I don't know. I guess school right. hasn't started. Does that matter? I, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Well, well here's, here's the deal, though. I, one of them is likely probably better at this point, but they're not. They're not going to come out and say it. They're going to. They're going to play it out through fall camp. And I understand. That. And Gleason even kind of said, you know, look, we got ten practices. After that, we have a scrimmage. By then, we'll probably know. And so I believe them when they say that. I, I believe that they're not just going to anoint Spencer Sanders because after like one practice, he was better. So I get where well, they're then, coming from. But with the time then, but why is Gundy talking about playing two guys then? What what's what's the deal with that? I think he's willing to do that. And I think that's I think so I, it's asinine. That's crazy. Playing I don't two think guys? I don't think it's I don't think it's crazy because they play Oregon State, who won two games last year. Like both of those guys are going to play against Oregon State. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna to me, they have three games until Texas. And they're gonna play both, and I think whoever's better is going to gonna start against Texas. That's what I that's the way I see this playing out. Now, would I prefer to see Spencer Sanders just dominate and take over and be the guy? Absolutely. But I do think Gundy feels like he needs to give Drew Brown a real shot. They, they recruited this guy to transfer there, didn't give him a sniff last year, which that to me is the biggest question here is why in the world, and that's what I asked Sean Gleason at his presser at, at Media Day, at golf deal. It's like, look, we all expect fans, media, we all expect Spencer to be the guy. Why, why is it this this dogfight when you guys weren't even willing to play Drew Brown last year when they, you guys couldn't score a point against K state. That to me is the, the larger question, but that's, that's water under the bridge. But I, Kyle, I don't think it's too asinine that, that they're going to play both. I, I really don't because neither of them have played in the big 12. Well, Gleason so, was, Gleason was coaching against Brown last year, not, not coaching, coaching him. Right. 
Well, that's, that's the other you know caveat here. They have a new offensive coordinator, a new a new fr- new set of eyes that didn't watch both these guys last year. So I think that's part of it too. He has to he has to learn what each guy can do and, and whatnot. But I look. I, do I think Spencer Sanders is going to start the most games this year? Yes, I do. Do I think he's going to be the quarterback? Yes, I do. But do I think they're going to play both against Oregon State? I do. I really do. Yeah. I mean, you know what would have been great? It's playing both against TCU last year. It's playing both against <laughs> uh, Baylor last year. And figure some stuff out then so you don't – I mean, like, everybody's like, oh, well, you can't do that to the seniors. And it's like, well – you're doing it to the seniors this year because you don't have a you don't, you didn't figure it out last year, you know. Like you're 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 rolling over your question marks into a new year, and and it's still affecting guys on your team because you you did you were unwilling to take free you know snaps for guys that that didn't you know they wouldn't have even had to break their red shirt. You just it's freebies and you wouldn't take them. I I, I don't I don't know. I I just I feel frustrated by the whole thing. And look like. If Drew Brown ends up being the starter, great. I I hope I hope he's awesome. Like I hope he's way better than Spencer Sanders if he's the guy. Um, but I just I, I I feel like I'm not getting very good. I I feel like Carson. I'm not getting clear good thinking from Mike Gundy, which has been a trend regarding quarterbacks over the entirety of his coaching career. Why do you think that though? He's been pretty he's been pretty upfront about. Brown and Spencer's not separating themselves to this point. And again, it's only August 8th. They have two more weeks of this, uh, three well, more weeks you, of this, whatever but the, it is. The quotes that I just read you don't, they don't add up Carson. He says we have to play the best guy. And then he says, well, we don't have a best guy. Well, yet I, I st- again, I still think it's early in fall camp. I'm willing to give them, you know, I just, I mean, they, they didn't, I mean, they did really very little in spring and they do nothing in the summer. So really, what are they evaluating to say who's our starter yet? They've well, been evaluating I, a week's worth of practices so far. Sure. I just think that if it's really that close, as close as they say it is, and you're, you're just, you're putting your program in a crappy spot. If you're, if you're going to have four quarterbacks in four years. No, well, that I agree with. To me, that's the, that's the larger perspective on this but I do think Gundy takes the approach of he owes the players on this team the best chance of winning against Oregon State and if he feels that's Drew Brown because of the experience factor the guy the fact that he's played a lot of football at this level I don't have too big of an issue with that I just I think it's pretty I think most people that have been around the program they all say that Spencer Sanders is the guy and so it's just a matter of can he perform to that level in practice and in the scrimmage settings. Is he going to throw? And look, this is another thing Gunny keeps bringing up too, is, is turning the ball over. So Spencer Sanders throws some picks in the red zone. Like we, we talked so many times about how Gundy is a conservative coach and he is, that's not something he's going to put up with. So Spencer may be the better guy, but if, he, if he's making the more mistakes, then I don't have any issue with, with Drew Brown starting. Now I would start Spencer and just go on down the road, but that's just me. Yeah. Can we talk about something else? I'm worked up. We got a few more weeks of this discussion before anything's determined. And and I, I will say this too in closing, Kyle, like Gundy's right in that he says, When I, we have a guy, I'll name him. Like I don't I don't play games. He he named Wes Lunt, like in the spring, which I think that, that goes back to a lot of his decisions with freshmen, how that turned out. I mean he named Cornelius super early. Uh he, he, he names quarterbacks. He doesn't typically play it out till, you know, two days before the game. So I think we'll know. Yeah. Well, hopefully for the and you know, 
and they've played they don't (laughs) right and they've played up these guys are best friends kyle so hey they'll they'll be happy for one another no matter who gets it uh let's talk about cj moore another another hot topic in oklahoma state world i talked to casey dunn at golf media days with him or about him about cj moore and you know the, the way that he talked about cj moore and kind of what he said about him was really interesting because I got the sense from him like, hey, CJ's not really a lock to start, and he's actually probably not going to start, at least initially. And that was pretty surprising because he had a big spring game. Everybody's excited about him. And and some of the language that Dunn was using was interesting. He said something like he needs to, like, you know, take things more – make sure he's taking football seriously and, you know, a lot of the stuff that you hear from Gundy. But – it was a little interesting to hear that. And, and, you know, I think that's one of the more interesting races is that is that X receiver spot where you've got CJ Moore, you've got Patrick McCoffman, and you've got uh, the transfer from, from South Alabama, Jordan McCray. Because Dunn basically said, like, hey, we brought McCray in as, like, this insurance policy that it looked – and, and the insinuation being that, like, that's – he's going to be the guy early on, at least until Moore matures and McCoffman is fully healthy – um, does that surprise you at all in terms of like CJ Moore playing time? I mean, not really. Cause I mean, just go down the depth chart. I mean, <laughs> it's no shame that he will not be starting when you have Tywin Wallace. We all think Landon Wolf's going to start, uh, Dylan Stoner. I mean, once you get past them, I mean, it's, it's a crapshoot between McCoffman, the South Alabama kid. I mean, it's to me, it's not that big of a concern based on the depth that I haven't mentioned Braden Johnson, who they love. Uh, I still expect things out of Jonathan Shepard. I haven't seen him yet, but but I don't know. I don't. I, I think he had a really good spring, and I think he's he's put on you know the, the much needed weight. Then he's he's still six five, one seventy five. He's still he's still pretty skinny. But um, I don't know. I don't. That didn't that doesn't really affect me too much, just based on the depth that they have a receiver. Yeah. No. I I just there's so much excitement around him because he was one. He was a four star like Tylen. He's an Oklahoma kid. He was great in the spring. Um, I don't know. I think people just sort of, probably myself included, just at least mentally penciled him in as like one of the guys along with Stone or along with Tylen going into, especially with Tyron gone, um, going going into the fall. Yeah, but I mean, if I trust any position on the entire team, right? It's it's got to be oh, receiver. Yeah. But yeah, but I would sure. I would expect sure. CJ Moore to play a lot this year and make yeah. and make some plays. I, yeah, he's and one I, of those guys that the longer the season goes. It's kind of, you know, we also talked to some guys up there. We were talking about Tywin Wallace when he was a freshman. He just he just kept making too many plays in practice. Yeah. We're like, yeah. we, we have to get this guy on the field. I think you're going to see something similar with, with C.J. Moore to where even if he doesn't start right away, I think by the end of the year he'll be playing a lot of downs. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that – I think Casey Dunn would probably agree with you as well. Um, you were excited about this Gundy quote from Chuba – or about Chuba. Uh, let, let me pull it up. You go ahead and <laughs> – talk about it so gundy uh gundy doesn't get like crazy about guys like he doesn't get super you know lathered up about talent and you know five stars and speed and whatever but uh this this is about uh do you have it queued up this is i have it this is about as as worked up as gundy's gonna get about a guy and it was it was pretty cool go ahead 
Chuba looks really good. You know, as as for me personally as a coach, you're always careful to really step out there. But I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. You know, he's 208, 210 <laughs> pounds, and I don't know how fast he is, but he's really fast. Um, he's very determined. He's very intelligent. Um, he understands. Uh, when we lost Justice last year, it was difficult for us because we lost a great player. But as I said earlier, now it benefited us because he had to play in some really key games. So um, I'm also excited about watching him play. And, and uh, I mean, he's really just kind of scratched the surface with his body and what he can do and what he can bring to the table. Pretty glowing. I mean, I you could just kind of hear and see just the way he was taught. Like, he is so excited about Chuba Hubbard. And he doesn't – that's his glowing – that's his, like um, – you know, he even tried to preface it like, look, I don't want to step too far out there. But you can really tell that it took, you know, you posted the before and afters of Chuba after a year of glass and what and whatnot. But you could just kind of tell in the way Mike Gundy was talking that this guy is special and he's expecting some special things this year. And he's right. He did rush for 100 yards in three of the last four games last year. About as pretty as they get. It's a pretty good quote. Like he's a like he's a stallion a show horse <laughs> a show pony Thor- Thor- a thoroughbred <laughs> he's definitely a thoroughbred uh is it i mean we, t- we talked about this last year a little bit is it crazy to think that he's that that um that chuba's better than than justice i know that they're, they're kind of different but like is that is that a is that an absurd thing to to throw out there in terms of like just as a college running back uh, as of right now, yes. I mean, we'll have to see what he does this year before we have that conversation. Because remember, you know, Justice's freshman, sophomore years, he was one of the best players on the team. Whereas Chuba just kind of came on at the end of the year. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think by, you know, and this is another thing like, man, I, I know Chuba had to put on some weight, but this is the argument against redshirting guys. This could be his last year. And really it's his first year starting. That's yeah, the, he was, that's he where was I stand small. on redshirting. He was small. Yeah, he was. You just you have to be so special as a freshman. It's it's just I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I agree with you and I understand what you're saying, but it's like, okay, well what what were you going to like and, may, and maybe that's the argument for like putting and Gundy doesn't trust any freshman enough to do this, but putting guys like him like more punt return kick return type stuff when they're freshmen. Right. And he did that he did that with like Parrish Cox returning kicks every, like four straight years. <laughs> now that was back when they were like going seven and five or whatever, which I guess they're doing now still. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's a good point, but it's hard because he just, I feel like he developed so much over the last two years. That's true. I mean, it's and plus they were, they were loaded at running back with, with justice and JD King. And I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple others, but um, no, it's, he's poised for a huge year. And you could just tell with that quote, Gundy expects really big things. He also, Compared him to like the running backs that Gundy played with, like I'm assuming he means Barry and Thurman. That in practice, during tag periods, he just he runs all the way to the goal, the up, opposite goal line, like 40 mm-hmm. extra yards, which mm-hmm. he said he's never seen before or he hadn't seen in a long time. Which I guess is a, it's not that big a deal, but it's it seemed like a big deal to Gundy that he would run out that far. I thought that was an that was a weird kind of interesting thing to throw in there. Gundy, Gundy loves stuff like that though. Like that's just his his generation. His, 
Yeah, yeah. To me, okay, can I give you a golf comparison on these guys? Sure. So to me, Justice Hill is like Justin Thomas. Like you're so you're so deep in the golf world. Yeah, I am. But like every <laughs> every shot, every run is like just every bit of like energy and ability that that person has, right? Like remember Justice running against uh, Boise last year when he had that crazy run on the sideline. And his head, that guy. <laughs> his head is like his head is like bobbing up and down like three feet. It looks like, like he's just he just in em- his head. Yeah, he just yeah he is. He just empties the tank on every single run, kind of like Justin Thomas swinging. And Chuba's more like Dustin Johnson, to where you're like, oh, I feel like there's like so much left. Like he's not even like, it looks like he's not. I mean, you know, he's like giving great effort, as Gunny would say, but he it looks like he's not really trying. And oh, I know. Just, I, I go back to that easy. run he had. I go back to that run he had early in the year last year. I can't remember who they were playing. Where they were wearing like all orange, and he had that run where he split two guys who ran into each other. Yeah. Was that? It was that like D two school, whoever they were playing. I think it, it, looks, it uh, was it the first game. Might have been. I think it was the first game. Um, but the point is, it reminds me a lot of Vince Young, where it didn't look like he was, his head's not bobbing at all. It looks like he's kind of just strolling around and he just leaves guys in the dust. Yeah, it's That's it's what it awesome. looks like. It's awesome. he, also had, he also had another touchdown run that we've been playing on Channel 5. He was, there, I, I, go, I based the games on what uniform they were wearing, but they were wearing like black, black, gray last year. And he takes just like this delayed handoff, kind of play action handoff, and he just kind of goes around the edge. Doesn't look like he's really hit third or fourth gear yet. And just boom, he's in the end zone. Like it yeah. just just kind of happened really fast. And I think that's what we're going to see a lot this year. Is and I'm interested to see how Gleason's going to use him because he is yeah. he is different than Justice in that Justice was more. I don't know. Justice could I think could run through the tackles more, which I didn't think Chuba was that great at until I watched him in Bedlam when he was just running off tackle every other play for like six yards. So maybe he can be more like Justice, but I just I do th- I do think he brings a different element receiving that that Injustice was a good receiver. Don't get me wrong, I just think she was a little different in open space. Yeah, no, I, I, it's a good point. She was somebody that like I think he's such a fascinating NFL guy. Just the, the way that the game is played there now, like giving him to the Rams or the Chiefs or somebody like that, you're like, oh my gosh, like what 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 could he do? at that level with that, with just the skill set that he has. It's, it's not, it's like, I mean, he's a really good running back, but it's almost like a running back plus skill set, like plus some other stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, he's, he's a fascinating pro prospect. Uh, okay. Speaking of another pro pro prospect, Tylen Wallace, talk to Casey Dunn about him. <laughs> same, same question here. Is Tylen Wallace, is there, is there a world in which Tylen Wallace is better than his predecessor, James Washington? Oh, I, I really wanted to say no on this, but if you're talking just in pure receiving ability, I would say Tywin's the better overall player. I think he can do more things. Wow, really? Just in terms of skill set. Do I think okay. James Washington's a better college wide receiver? Yes. I mean, just go go look at the, the production that, that, that Washington had on some some really mediocre football teams. And I guess you could say that about last year's team for Tylen as well. But, but man, the, the things Washington was able to do was special. And, you know, he went over like a thousand yards was last three years. 
So, so I, it's again, I think these arguments are always to me too premature. I got to see it. And I think Casey Dunn was quoted as saying that, like you need to back it up, prove it wasn't a fluke. Yeah. Um, but man, Tylen, Tylen was the best receiver in the country last year. So it's not, he's not far off if he is far off, if he is behind Washington, because what he did last year was off the charts. So I put together some numbers uh, for both of them. So uh, after their second year as a college receiver in Stillwater, which Tylen just finished, uh, Tylen 93 catches, James Washington 81 catches, Tylen 1,609 yards, James, James Washington 1,543 yards. Tylen, 17.3 yards per catch. James Washington, 19.0. So a little bit better there. And then Tylen, 12 TDs. James Washington, 16 TDs. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's as good of a season as you can have from, from either guy. So it's 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 hard because Washington's Washington had the ability to develop his freshman year in a way that Tylen didn't because he's on that He's on that Dax Garmin, and now he ha- he also had Dax throwing to him. So <laughs> he's he's on that Dax Garmin team. They're not very good. It's easy to throw somebody out there like him as a freshman and get reps. Whereas Tylen was on, um, he was on the what year was that eight uh, seventeen team that was loaded behind Tyron, behind Washington, behind Aitman, behind all these guys. So. Uh-huh. He had, he did, yeah, Stoner. He doesn't get the opportunity. I mean, he only had like, you know, 200 yards his freshman year. He didn't get the opportunity to to do everything that Washington did. But at the same time, Washington's sophomore year, they started 10 and 0, and he was the guy. And Tylen got to, you know, he they they just weren't very good last year. So he got the ability to rack up yards without teams caring about beating them as that that's not probably unfair to him but they it just he wasn't as in the spotlight as Washington was in year two yeah I would agree and just the fact that Tywin even played on that team at all tells you how good he is I mean that that receiving course but one of the most loaded in OSU history well that's the thing Between Washington Aitman Stoner and all and Tyron and all those guys I don't know if freshman Washington plays on that on that 17 team like like freshman Tylen did I don't know. It's good. It's a good what if. Yeah, All I know yeah. is the second Washington got on the field, even, when, even though Dax Garman was throwing bombs, he was catching it behind the defense and scoring. <laughs> even his first, you know, the first time he ever got on the field. I remember that Baylor game, Rudolph's first game, uh, when they when they broke off his red shirt. He caught it like a 70, 80-yard bomb in that game. That's all that guy did, and he was unbelievable. But but no, I think I think Tylen's trajectory is is right there with Washington, maybe even a little higher. depends on this year. Yeah, this year's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really interesting. Okay, I want to skip. I'm doing a I'm doing a ten questions deal. People can check it out on the site. Ten questions I have going into uh, going into the season. My first one was about just whether Oklahoma State can can reestablish its culture of discipline. You've heard that a lot this this fall, this summer. Gundy's talked about it a lot. Um, I don't want to get into that right now. We can save some of that stuff for later on. I do want to get into your namesake, Cade, <laughs> Cade Cunningham, your cousin, cousin Cade. Uh, recently cut his list. Oklahoma State's in the top five, and uh, Carson, is this is this gonna ha- is this happening? Oh, as of August eighth, I would say yes. 
I know. Um, I don't follow it as close as Kyle Boone, but um, but no, I mean, it, it sure seems like Mike Boynton has convinced him that he's building something special. Those are all the quotes that he he gives. You just look at the talent that that Mike Boynton's assembling. I mean, hiring his brother, obviously, um, th- there's a reason they did that. And look, I I agree with Mike Boynton. I I do think Cade's brother, uh, is it, what is it, Cannon? Cannon Cunningham. I think it's Canaan. Canaan. Yeah. Well, I, I do think he has potential. I mean, he's young. He's from the DFW area. Um, he's got a lot of connections. I think he has potential as a really good – and I think he hired him as just, you know, a recruiter. And then he can blossom into an assistant coach. While I do think he has potential, I do think there's a reason they hired him. It's just like Missouri when they hired um, Michael Porter's dad. You know, there's this is kind of how the game's played these days. So, I mean, look, I don't know if they're going to get him. All I know is if they do, Kyle – that's getting a guy of that caliber. There's not very many NBA basketball players in, in the college level. There's just not. And there's a select few, and most of them are one and dones. That's what this guy is. And if OSU gets this guy, man, I mean, they, that's you're start you're starting to talk about Final Four because look, Texas Tech had the title one last year, and they had a Jarrett Culver who was a lottery pick. I think Kate Cunningham's a lottery pick. So that's that's what you're dealing with if they're able to get him, in my opinion. He might be the number one pick. Uh, I did hear when it – so he cut his list from 10 to 5 a couple of weeks ago, and there was some uh, – there were some, some sources, hashtag, that uh, – we'll say inside the building in Stillwater that were <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah, of course we're on that list. So mm. I, think there's some, I think there's some confidence out of uh, – out of Stillwater regarding Cade Cunningham. Um, any, do you have any ling- lingering thoughts on the golf media today? We teamed up uh, with Kyle Boone and we shot, what did we shoot? 60, 62? 62, I think. 10 under? How's your, how's your, uh, how's your back? Because you carried us and <laughs> I, uh, that I wasn't just, in the write up. What happened? That, huh? that wasn't mentioned in the write up. On the, on the event, well, I, I, yeah, people have to come here for that kind of content. Okay. Um, yeah, is your are, are you are you doing okay? Ice bath? Heat, yeah. Heat cold. I've been I've been doing the uh, the cryo. Only I, I wore slippers so my feet didn't get burned up like Antonio Brown's. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm doing good. I'm I'm feeling good. I've been playing a lot of golf this summer, so I, I did my part. <laughs> you have. We it, it was I, to me it was the most fun I've ever had there just because we played well, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was cool. We it, it was we played the Highlight. front. Played the front we, nine twice. We played the front nine twice because the back nine was closed. I was thinking about this. So the back nine was closed because they're kind of redoing some stuff because of how much rain they've gotten. What if what if the NCAs had been at Karsten this year? Would they have had to move them? Yeah, there's no would, way they would be able to play. Would they have had them at Lakeside? <laughs> Maybe Stillwater Country Club. That'd be my guess more than Lakeside, but. Um... <laughs> But no, that would have been that would have been awful. So it's a good thing they did it the, the year prior. That would have co- that would have been another thing that cost OSU a national championship when it comes to golf. Cimarron could Cimarron <laughs> host an NCA? Uh, maybe they might move it to Oak Tree National. You know, uh, <laughs> there's pre- pretty good tracks around there. But to me, the highlight of the of the thing, Kyle, was Casey Dunn was in the group ahead of us. Yeah, and you know he's he's always the man to beat at this thing, and we saw him taking like. Three hacks. He's hitting three balls from the middle of the fairway. Yeah, it's kind of crooked. And we roll up on him on uh, nine nine green. He's like, you, you wrote this in your story about it, but he's like, what's this putt for? And you told him, he's like, ah, oh, 
I was kind of hoping y'all were putting for for Eagle and make this interesting. And, I, and that's when I said, Casey, it's it's easy to for it to not be interesting when you take three swings every time. <laughs> he, he goes, he goes, yeah, but we didn't we didn't count any of those. I was like, yeah, I bet you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that time anyway. They were all yeah. they were all over the green. Uh, no, it was it was a blast. We we had a great time, great hosts, and uh, got some good. Good content and good info afterwards. Um, uh, okay. One more thing. One more thing on on Casey. Um, yeah. Jenny Carlson, I thought, wrote a really good good article coming out of that about um, the, the the way Mike Gundy was able to keep him by giving a promotion and a raise, which which I said last year they should do if he doesn't get the. I, that's what I predicted actually. They wasn't going to get it, but they were going to give him a new title, more money to keep him around. And I think it's easy for us to forget how much family comes into play with coaching career decisions you know it's easy for us to go man he should just go be an offense coordinator somewhere well he had these these quotes about his his daughters wanting to go to osu he's like we told him they could go anywhere in the country and they wanted to go here um you know family comes into it way more than we ever talk about or even really think about so it, it was kind of interesting to see his perspective on why he decided to stay and um clearly he's comfortable in stillwater and that's a that's a huge gift for my gunny to keep him in house because he's He's the best wide receivers coach in the country, like by a long ways. I mean, they should have won another Bolitnikoff last year with Tylen. So, but that was that was cool to see. Yeah, and he, you know, I. So that was the first time that I had talked to him for an extended period of time. He's a he's a great um, ambassador. Like he's just he's like he'll give you good stuff, but he won't give you too much. You know, like he's he's really good at handling the media. And I noticed I don't I think this is new. They they're having him talk. Uh, at practices and I don't I don't think that was part of the uh, like I think he used to just talk at the at the golf media deal right yeah it's usually just coordinators um but no I think I think they do position coaches and stuff in fall camps I remember they they've talked to Joe Bob and okay, and Duffy yeah. and, might, and Hammerschmidt right. I think I think maybe the assistants are, are more available than we remember we're kind of out of practice yeah for for some reason I was thinking that they didn't have those guys talk during this maybe it's the not, season. not during the season i think you're right about that not during the season usually it's usually just gundy and, and coordinators after games and, okay. and practices okay. um well maybe they'll let him talk during the season too i hope they do because he's he's great uh he's not only a good obviously a good coach but also just a really good um person to deal with if you're if you're in the media and, and i think that he represents i think he represents osu really well um okay Carson, let's talk about some OSU scheduling. Let's get to this week's schedule brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Carson, I want to talk about not the Oklahoma State calendar, because uh, that doesn't start until two weeks uh, when Oklahoma State soccer gets underway, but rather the football schedule. And I got a couple, I got a couple of questions for you here, and uh, I want to get your take on mm. them. I don't know what the Vegas number is. I think it's I think it's over under of seven and a half wins for Oklahoma State. I want to set it. I'm gonna I'm gonna set my own, my own over under at eight and a half, and I want to know what you're taking. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Okay. Oregon State win. McNeese <laughs> are we, win. Are we gonna go through every game? Tulsa win. That's three. They, they should be three and zero. Oh. Uh, I'll say lose at Texas. Three and one. Beat K State four and one, at Tech five and one, Baylor. Baylor at home. 
I'll go just on the on the cautious side. I'll go five and two. Wow. At Iowa State, five and three. TCU at home, six and three. Kansas seven. At West Virginia, I'll go eight, and then lose to OU. So I would go. I would go under eight and a half. I think. I think eight. I think eight's the number. Okay. So uh, the over, number the number my buddy got in Vegas was seven, and he he hammered the over on that, which I would too. But I think yeah. eight's, I think nine. You gotta you gotta they could probably beat Baylor. I think Baylor's a big swing game for me. Homecoming at home, I think Baylor's gonna be really good this year. They, they got that quarterback back, Charlie Brewer is really he's, good. He's very good. They have a very good coach, and um, I don't know. Just at Iowa State, I think is a loss at Texas. They always win in Austin. Maybe that's the swing game I'm not looking at, but I, w- I would take under eight and a half. I think Iowa State and Texas are the big the big swing games for me. If you can win one of those, that's that's pretty big time, right? Like, if you can start, if you start 4-0, you know, and then you got K-State at home and you got home, I mean, that, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. But even if you lose at Texas, the, you know, you have the opportunity to start, what would that be, like 6-1 and one after homecoming? Now, who knows, because we both remember how last year went, and, and they won all these games that you thought they were going to lose, and they lost the ones you thought they were. I mean, it was a, it was a circus. <laughs> and now remember the other thing, Carson, Gundy and, and Big 12 openers, not good. And that's, I think that's where you want like a, I don't know, like a K-State at home or a Kansas at home as your, as your Big 12 opener, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Instead, of, instead of at Texas. Because you've got two things kind of colliding with the at Texas. You've got your streak in Austin, but you've also got your streak in how – many, how many Big 12 openers have they lost in a row? They lost uh, last year to uh, – was it Tech? Yep. They lost to West Virginia at home before – no, they lost to uh, TCU at home the year before that. I think Gundy uh, has a losing record in Big Twelve openers. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's not good. So, um, would you take over? No, no, I'd go under. I just don't know if they're gonna be able to stop anybody. Like that's a concern I have. I mean, obviously we always have concerns about the defense, but I just kind of look at the roster. I'm like, who's who's making plays on defense? I mean, I, I love the corners. Um, I love Bundage, but I don't know. It's um, I'm worried about them being able to stop the run first and foremost at linebacker and defensive line. That to well, me is yeah. not good. And I think we've I think we've focused a lot on defensive line and like the whole like nobody started and they've got new guys and all that stuff. But I just linebacker is like who's who's playing? I mean they've <laughs> they've got some guys, but they the problem is that like okay if Bundage gets hurt or if these other two guys go down, like what what is what is that starting to look like? Um, I don't, I don't know. That's going to be really, to me, I think that's the bigger question mark on defense than defensive line. Maybe they'll put Jelani back there. Linebacker play both ways. That'd be sick. Okay. Uh, bat down all the passes. I was, I was going to ask you about, uh, the biggest swing game. You're saying, you're saying Baylor at home, biggest swing game. Baylor at home. That's that's the one I'm saying because they're they're going to be right neck and neck in the standings because Baylor only has I think three conference road games. They have a just an absurdly easy schedule. Um, so that's uh, that's the big swing game for me. I think it's at Iowa State for me. I, I'm I'm not I'm not buying Iowa State this year. Now they, oh, I am. They might be good, but I need to see more than like. I mean, if you look back, so Campbell's never won more than 
what eight in a year, seven in a year, something like that. And the and the games that they win, it's like okay, you beat Kansas every year, you beat Tech when they suck. Like they, and I know they beat OU and whatever, but I don't, I don't know. I want to see I want to see them win like ten games before I'm. I feel like we do this thing where we overvalue something like that, and we undervalue the fact that Gundy's won ten games six times. And you're like, well, look at the numbers. Like, and and that, again, like that, uh, those numbers don't necessarily mean anything for this year. But we just, I don't know, we're very quick to to jump to the next thing. I would agree, and I think it's easy to forget too. Uh, Brock Purdy kind of struggled at the end of last year. They only beat Drake by like three at home in the season finale. So there, there's question marks there. I just feel like with Campbell, with their defense, they have like three first team All Big Twelve guys on their defense. Yeah, I know. They get they get Texas at home, they get Oklahoma State at home, they go to Norman, but they're at West Virginia, at K State, at Baylor. I mean, I think I, I put them third in the Big Twelve behind Texas and OU with 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 relative comfort. I don't like this. I don't like the odd number year schedule for Oklahoma State. I like the even number better because. I think you want well, you haven't in the past, but I think you want Texas at home. I think you're going to beat Kansas wherever, so you'd rather play them on the road. I think you want Iowa State at home. I think you want Tech at home. I think it doesn't matter where you play OU because you're going to lose, so you'd rather have them <laughs> on the road. You win more Norman than Stillwater against OU. Yeah, too. I mean seriously, like I'm not, I'm not trying to be like facetious, like seriously, like you'd rather have them in Norman, I think, and so. And normally you'd rather have West Virginia in in Stillwater. So I, I just I think the even number year schedule sets up better for OSU generally than than the odd number. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, okay, let's hear one more time from Chris's University Spirit, and we'll come back and wrap the show up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986, and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, one interesting thing. What do you got? Well, where did you have OSU finishing in the Big 12? Oh, I forgot to get to that. Uh, I think I had them fourth. Behind, in front of who? Baylor? TCU? Uh-huh. Oh, Doesn't you mean, matter? You mean like in terms of like where they were picked in the, the preseason? Well, field? no, I mean just I assume it's OU, Texas, Iowa State for you than OSU? I don't know. I I, I... I haven't I haven't laid it all out. I just have OSU fourth. I would have OSU fifth behind okay. Baylor. Baylor at fourth. And look, so you, look. I don't, so, I don't think Baylor's some great team. I just man, their schedule is cupcake city. You just you love Matt Rule, don't you? He's a really good coach. I mean, he's he's an awesome coach. I mean, there, there's a reason the NFL wanted this guy, and it's not because he looks like Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> I mean, listen to the schedule. Stephen Cliff, F. Austin. Cliff's debut tonight. Oh, that's right. Cardinals tonight and Baker. And uh, Tyron. Tyron Siren. Yeah, I, I want to talk, talk about Tyron here in a second. Uh, Stephen <laughs> A., 
Stephen F. Austin, UTSA. Stephen A. Steve, Stephen A. Smith in their opener. UTSA at Rice. Iowa State at home. At Kansas State. Texas Tech at home. At OSU. West Virginia at home. At TCU. OU and Texas at home. At Kansas. I mean, that, that, it's, a, it's a great schedule. It's unbelievable. I bet they beat either OU or Texas at home. They got a really good quarterback. I don't know what they're going to look like on defense, but um. I don't. I don't know if it's because their their backup was so bad last year. But when they brought Brewer in in the fourth quarter at in Waco against Oklahoma State, he looked like <laughs> I mean, he looked like you know Carson Palmer back there. I mean, he was he was great. Well, part of that had to do with OSU, but yeah, um, you're right. True. True. Uh, my one interesting thing is you mentioned him. Tyron Siren is apparently lighting it up at Texans camp. Mm. I have Big a question shocker. for you. Big shocker. Are, are we going to be talking about him? Like, not necessarily to the extent of Tyree Kill, who's like the best player in the NFL, but are we going to be talking <laughs> about Tyron Johnson and how underutilized he was in OSU? Probably. Well, I, mean, I tried to tell everybody. But part of that, so part, so part of the thing with that is like, Oklahoma State is so like, they implement these systems. And so you jam everybody into the system. And I think sometimes it like limits super talented guys. Cause Gundy doesn't want to get out of the system. Right. Yep. And, and so, yeah, I don't know. That would be, he's going to have more, he's going to have more touchdowns for the Texans this year than he had in his career at Oklahoma state. <laughs> I tried to tell everybody, but uh, that, that really wasn't my, my one interesting thing is actually this, um, you mentioned Gundy's success, and I, I tweeted this out. Like, it's it's so easy to forget like how how good Gundy Gundy's been, and just how much we take it for granted. Uh, before since 1984, OSU had won nine or more games in a season four times. Gundy's done it eight times. Like that is just an unheard of level of consistency and success at, at any place, let alone Oklahoma State. Give me so give I, me the give me the years there again. What what was the what was the first one? Since 1984, OSU's only won before Gundy got there. OSU won nine or more games four times since okay. 1984, so a 21-year period. Oh, from 84 until 2005. Until 05, yeah, they had okay. won nine or more games four times. Okay, and they got put on probation for one of those. <laughs> um, and then Gundy Gundy's done it eight times in his 14 seasons. Yeah, it's sick. And he was the quarterback for some of those nine win yeah. teams. Yeah, I just I I think, you know, when when people get down on Gundy and they're tired of his shtick and and he flirts with other jobs, like, oh, she's lucky to have this guy. He's one of the best coaches in the country. Yeah. So that's just it's important to remember that. Yeah, that's good. I like that one. Uh, my one interesting thing: how many freshmen could play on defense? How about this? So, uh, Jim Knowles said there are. Let's see here. Four, four guys that could play as uh, as as true freshmen. I'm gonna mess up the names, but it's it's Thomas Harper, who I think is almost he's a lock. Jaden Jernigan, who's a defensive lineman, which would be surprising because you don't really see linemen play very much as freshmen. Uh, Cam Cam Farrar, who uh, Kyle Boone is really big on. He thinks he's gonna be a stud. And then this is the name I'm gonna screw up, but it's uh, Nadrian. Uh, Desiderio. I think hmm. I'm saying that correctly. Um, and he is a he's a linebacker. So 
you know, we, we, we talk about like Oklahoma state's defense being more, you know, mature and older and experienced. And it's like, well, is that a good thing? Cause those guys weren't very good last year, you know, and, and maybe, maybe that's what they need. Maybe they just need some more talent, you know, as, as some of these freshmen roll in. So I, I'm interested to see how that, uh, that kind of plays out over the, over the year. Well, that's encouraging. Just play, if the guy's not making plays, throw a freshman out there. I mean, he makes plays, don't take him off the field. We've seen, we've seen freshmen play on yeah, the defensive Col- side mean, before. Colby Peel last year, Jerry Bernard. I mean, there, there's, it's not, yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I think that you know, especially with how much they were penalized last year and just everything that goes along with that. How are you feeling about Calvin Bundage going into the year? Um, good. Not I'm not just he's already a senior. What? I know. What? We're old, dude. He's a senior. I, I, this is a typo. He's not a senior. He is. What in the world happened? Where Where have I been? That's playing, crazy. Playing I thought he was like a. I thought he was like a sophomore or junior at most. <laughs> a sophomore, and <laughs> and uh, Dylan Stoner, I think, is a sophomore. No way. I think he's a junior. He's got to be a junior by now. No, I mean, I, I feel good about him. I just, I want to see him make make more plays. I guess is is the thing. There was times where he's just kind of he's just floating yeah, around. And... Yeah, he was he was hurt. I think it's hard to. It was hard to tell at the end of the year, like what was injury and what was I. I, I don't know. He like I just, I think the lack of discipline is what frustrated me the most because it's like, look, you're a, this is your third year. Like, why are why are you still getting two fifteen yard penalties a game? Well, what I want to see from him, and you're right. I I think with Bundage though, it's it's kind of hard to tell him to calm down, right? Because that's what that's what makes him a great player. That's why yeah. he's a seeking missile i mean that's it's hard to take that out of a guy when that's his strength yeah so i'm willing to give up a few penalties if he makes more plays and i I think he needs to have they need to just unleash him off the edge turn him into like an an oboe okoronkwo or i guess eric striker would be a better comparison because they're similar size and just send him after like give him one job go after the quarterback go kill him like that's your job yeah like that, that would help their defense out so much just to get sacks and that in turn that leads to punts. So that would be that's what I want to see. Just unleash him off the edge. And I, I get he has to do more than that. Even Okoronko and Stryker did more than that. But that's what really got their defense to a different level was being able to, to pressure the quarterback and, and again that helps the two corners on the outside. So that's what I want to see. Who's had a longer career in Stillwater, Gabe Lindsay or Dylan Stoner? Oh, it's Stoner. He still has a year to go. He has two more years. He has this year and next. He's the Keaton Page of football. Gabe Lindsay spanned like Nixon to like the second George Bush presidency. <laughs> I was trying to think of other guys that were like that. Off the top of my head. Uh, Greg Willis was there about seven years. <laughs> Fullback. He played four years for less and four years for Mike. Dewan Woods was there for a long time. Dewan Woods was there. He played with, he played with Grandpa Woods. He played with, he played he, with his dad. He played with uh, Grandpa Woods and Jelani Woods, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's all I got, Carson. Good stuff. Uh, we will be back next week to uh, talk some. We'll just probably yell at each other some more about Drew Brown and Spencer Sanders. And uh, <laughs> yeah, enjoy your weekend. Good luck with your golf game. Sounds good. We'll talk to you next week. See you, Carson.